Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. Don't let the sun go down without saying thank you to someone and without admitting to yourself that absolutely no one gets this far alone. That's a quote about thanks and being thankful by the great author Stephen King. And of course, like most things, you know, with quotes, why try and say something about it when someone else has already said it better for you? And I really believe, especially in the year 2020, where it's been just, you know, not the greatest year. I won't say awful because I think and and that's where I wanted to start with the podcast is that we've got a lot of things to still be thankful for. Yes, 2020 is not the year that any of us planned. Uh, I did not think that we were going to go into a nationwide or worldwide pandemic. We didn't think that we were going to be locked into our houses and we're starting to creep uh, up on the next year of that. And I didn't think that I was going to lose several members of my family, not to the coronavirus, just to just to, you know, all at once they, they were, you know, they were elderly and some of them were sick before the coronavirus and, and, and they passed away. And that can be even tougher in a year like this where so many things have just been repeat, you know, the, the toxic election, no matter what side you were on, toxic election, toxic, you know, just environment that we're all living in right now. But even with all of those things, we still have so much to be thankful for, and none of us, none of us are here, and none of us got here alone. We all have somebody that we lean on. We all have somebody that we look to for inspiration. We all have somebody, even the people that you're looking to for inspiration. Like I know personally, you know, for me. I have several mentors and, you know, some of them know that they're my mentors and some of them know that I lean on them and some of them don't. Some of them are, are famous people like a Jocko Willink or a David Goggins, uh, you know, or, or even uh, a guy like uh, Coach Joe Gibbs. You know, they don't know that they're mentoring me, but they are. Uh, and then I have some inside my own fire department, uh, you know, guys like uh, my boss currently, uh, Chief Jeff Farmer. Uh, Chief Cricket Gerald, you know, uh, friends, uh, my good buddy Ben Martin, my good buddy Taylor Goodman, my brother Danny, my father, my mother, you know, my wife and kids. I lean on all of those people. And while I may, we may have a, a shared mentorship relationship with them, you know, I know that sometimes they're leaning on me and I lean on them. Uh, it's just how it goes. We can't get through all this stuff by ourselves. That's the reason humans are meant to be social. Humans are meant to, to interact with each other. Humans are meant to, to procreate and humans are meant to be in tribes and be together. So none of us get anywhere. And so as you sit down and listen to this episode, you probably are going to be hearing it after the Thanksgiving holiday. I want you to sit back and think about the things you're thankful for. I want you to sit back and think, you know, and, 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 and think about the positives that have come from this year, even though 2020 has been has been such a, a a trying time and a difficult time, think about the things that have been positive about it. I know for me, I've gotten to spend a whole lot more time 
with my kids and my wife. And that has been just an, a great thing. My wife has had to work from home and every day that I've been off, she's been here. And every day that I've been at work, she's been here too. And we always joke that that's a reason that I work shift work is that she wouldn't be able to deal with me being home every night. But in reality, I think it's it's been great. I love being able to, we have the separation of course, because we, we made her an office uh, in the room above our garage, our little bonus room. But I love being able to walk upstairs and, and speak to her, even for a few minutes for a break during her work. Uh, I actually I absolutely love that. I mean, it's actually made going to work a lot harder because I know that she's here every day. Like when she had to go off to work and I had to go off to work, it didn't really matter, right? Because we're both at our respective jobs and, and working. But knowing that she's here, uh, I really just enjoy being being able to see her every day that I'm not that I'm not at work. And, uh, and especially the kids too, there hasn't been as many athletic events. There hasn't been as many, and, that, and that's hard for them because they want to compete, but man, I've so enjoyed being able to spend nights at home with them and, and do some of the things that we've probably been ignoring, like me, me, me and them playing video games together or just watching a show. Like my little guy loves like pro wrestling, like WWE, AEW. And we got to sit down and watch the survivor series pay-per-view the other night. And it was awesome. It was great. And we would have never done that this time of year if not for the pandemic. We would have never done that because we would probably be at a wrestling tournament or we'd have wrestling practice or, you know, or some other thing at school or, or, or whatever. So it just it, there's well, I said there's a ton of stuff that's that sucks about 2020. Man, there's a lot to still be thankful for. And, and there's a lot of people that you should be thankful for in your life. Uh, you know, so don't forget that keep pushing forward. It's not easy. I'm not perfect. I put a video on the Instagram feed the other day about how, you know, I struggle with things and and then I try hard because I do struggle. I struggle with my own mortality. I struggle with getting older. I struggle with my parents getting older. I struggle with my family members getting older and passing away. Those are not easy things and I've never dealt with them well, but I'm trying to deal with them in healthy outlets like working out and reading and trying to take my mind off of some of those things. You know, so it's it's not easy. I'm not perfect, but I constantly try to remind myself of all the things that I should be thankful for and all the things that I still have left to do and 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 all the things and the mindset that you need to have in order to keep pushing through even the most difficult times. So, not to get too terribly preachy, but just sit back and be and think about what you what you should be thankful for and and the people that you should be thankful for and the situations that you should be thankful for. You know, I, I don't I say this all the time. I, I'm very thankful for where I work, even though sometimes we don't always get along. I'm not always happy with the decisions that are made in the fire department that I work for, and that's a lot of people's stress. But I still am thankful that I get to be a firefighter. And I get to work for the fire department that I work for, and it provides a great living for me and my family. And it has given me a purpose throughout my entire life. So with that being said, with that being said, we're going to get on with the rest of the topics of the podcast. We're going to talk about some of the things that you need to be paying attention to during this holiday season from now until after New Year's and Maybe some of the things you need to be training on, maybe some of the things you need to be doing differently on the incident scene, and maybe some things that you're not paying attention to that you need to. So we'll be back with that topic right after this. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Robbie here. And, you know, it's the time of year where everyone's getting together for the holidays. Uh, you know, I'm recording this on Thanksgiving Day, uh, you know, just, you know, in the holiday spirit. Uh, you know, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year. And so as we, one of the things that are a little bit weirder this year is that I've already seen as I look around the country, uh, Christmas decorations. In fact, I know at my house, we decorated for Christmas pretty much the beginning of November, almost right after Halloween. Uh, you know, so it's been a weird, weird year, but people are doing that all over the country. I've noticed that everywhere I drive, I see pictures of it everywhere. And so some of these things that we normally maybe don't have to pay attention to until maybe December 1st, maybe even a little bit closer to Christmas are starting to happen. And that made me start to think about these holiday emergencies. We're already starting to see some of those things creep up. And maybe if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day or day or two after, you've already experienced some of these unique things to this time of year. So what I wanted to talk about is just some of those things that we maybe need to be paying attention to, some of the things that maybe we need to change, some of the things that we need to, you know, just adjust in our normal operations. And so let's talk about some holiday emergencies. Here's the biggest thing that I think we need to make sure we're doing. And because it can get monotonous, right? Like you go to the store every day. And a lot of times when you go to the store every day, you take the same route every time. I know that I get in that rut, that bad habit. You take the same route to the store, take the same route back to the store. And it's usually the fastest route to that place, right? Like you're trying to go there, you're trying to get your meals or like even to the fuel pumps, right? Like if your firehouse doesn't have a fuel pump, which most of the firehouses in my fire department don't, we have to go to a fuel depot to get fuel, take the shortest route there and you take the shortest route back. I'm telling you, you should be doing that. You should be doing this at all times of year, but especially this time of the year. You need to be taking different routes. Every time you go in and out of your district, you get in that fire truck and you're going to go run an errand. You're going to go, even if you're going to clear a call, don't clear the call on the fastest way back to the firehouse. Take a different route back. One, it makes you more familiar with your district. You're getting out there and actually doing some district training. But two, especially this time of year, it gives you an uh, it gives you a better view of what's going on in your district as as it pertains to the holiday season. You're going to get to see the decorations that people put up. And while some people are like, why does that matter? Man, that matters hugely. I know that we have incredible tacky light tours all over my hometown. Like there's houses that are doing crazy, crazy things with holiday decorations. If you don't think that that's going to affect your response to these areas from a multiple from multiple avenues then you're crazy think about it i know you guys have seen like tacky light tour stuff on tv think about having to respond to even a medical emergency when the traffic is backed up through one of these people the all these people pulling up and seeing all these crazy decorations uh, you know, it's going to it's going to affect your service delivery. So you need to be riding through these neighborhoods to figure out and pr maybe even putting them down on your on your map, making a little note, making a note in the CAD, whatever you do to let yourself know that these things are going on. And then you need to try to you need to like label these addresses 
But then you need to try to find alternate routes because the main route of travel, that one that you're probably taking every day, and definitely the ones that the people that are coming to see these things, coming into these neighborhoods or these main routes of travel, coming to see these things, they're going to be taking that main route. They're not going to know the back roads. They're not going to know the little shortcuts or anything like that. So you need to make sure that you're aware of what's going on in your district. Look at the decorations. Look at how many cars are parked out front. Look at how many, uh, you know, look look at how many of the, uh, like people have fire pits or outside fires or all of these things. All of these things are going to affect your, uh, your response into these areas. All of these things are going to, you know, they're really going to just increase your, your or should increase your level of awareness that you need to make sure that you're paying attention. Go to your local malls, the, the, the local stores, especially coming up. If you, like if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day when I'm recording it or you're listening to it a couple days later, man, Black Friday sales. As a uh, kid in high school, I worked in a toy store and I worked during the Furby craze, which is that little like furry stuffed animal thing that like was like your own home pet and all that kind of stuff. Man, that thing was, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever, right? But when I was in high school and I woke up at five in the morning for my Black Friday shift, there were people already down the block. There were people already down the block and waiting to us, for us to let them into the toy store. And they were massively like crushing through these things. Pay attention to the sales papers. Pay attention to the stores. What's the parking situation like in these stores? Where are you going to be able to position your apparatus? Where are you going to have are – they, are they setting up areas for people that are coming for Black Friday deals? Even though I know it's a pandemic and they're trying to limit things. I mean these stores are going to make their money. Black Friday is a, a lot – they call it Black Friday because a lot of stores operate in that red or they operate in debt. So Friday is a lot of times when they get into the black, they start to make a profit. And this is the big, big day for them. So they will cordon off different parts of the parking lot. Are they going to are there, are there going to be things that is restricting access for you in these buildings if you have to go on a fire alarm or a medical emergency or an actual fire? You know, heaven forbid, it happens all the time, but even more so, you go into one of these commercial big box stores and they've got a display in front of they've got a display in front of a standpipe connection or the fire alarm panel or they've got uh, trash just stacked so high out back that it's blocking the fire department connection as a matter of fact how when's the last time you even know actually hooked up to the fire department connection at these things are the swivels broken does there people have trash put trash in them all of those things the standpipe just take a leisurely walk on a Saturday. That'll usually give you a good idea about how crowded the mall, the malls and the stores are going to be. Go out as a shift, throw a uh, an adapter in your pocket, and go walk around. Unscrew this, unscrew the standpipe, and hook up the and hook up the threads. Make sure the threads all work. Go around back, hook up a, an adapter to the threads on the FDC. It's these little simple things that you can identify on the front end that'll make things so much better. Talk to the store managers, especially if you have the major big box stores, the Walmarts, the Targets, the Bass Pro Shops, all these things. You know they're going to have massive things going on. Or if you have a mall uh, or if you have a mall in your district, I know in the fire department that I work for, we've got several malls. Go and find out what they're going to be doing so that you can talk to that mall management or the mall security or store manager so that you can make sure that that's not going to be impeding your avenue 
for service delivery because I'm telling you, some of these things, uh, some of these things are like needles in a haystack. You're going to go in there and you're going to try to find that store and it's going to be massive amounts of people and it's just going to be super difficult. Maybe they can even identify a route for fire and EMS, especially you know for medical emergencies. That's like probably the big deal. We go. Uh, I was at the uh, fire station uh, that has the largest mall in our response district in our county. And man, Black Friday and Christmas Eve, we were rolling in there all day, and it was extremely difficult to continually find pay, to continually find people for emergency medical calls. People are getting bumped, they're getting knocked down, they're falling downstairs, they're passing out from exhaustion because they've got to get that toy or get that deal. It happens, folks. And so, if you're not prepared for that, if you've never worked a Black Friday or anything like that, you're you're in for a treat. Or if you've never worked throughout the Christmas season, you're in for a treat because it can get pretty, pretty, uh, uh, it can get pretty hairy out there. Motor vehicle accidents the same way. You don't necessarily need to go ride around to see that, but if you can take your rush hour and probably times it by two or three, and that's how your big your traffic is going to be, especially in these mall areas uh, or in these these big box store areas or shopping areas of your district. So, you know, so it may be a good idea to go park on a Saturday morning. And just observe the traffic. Observe the traffic. See how busy it's going to get. How are you know? Is there a way that you can get to these busiest intersections in your district, but not have to go on the main roads and able to be get there and able to get there faster and deliver service to the citizens in a more efficient manner? And you're not going to know that sitting in the firehouse when we get those inevitable. EMS runs, right? When we get these inevitable EMS runs, and I talk about that all the time when we're talking about training and, and all of these things. But when we get those inevitable EMS runs, take a look around, especially as the company officer, right? If you're not involved in patient care or you're not involved in it, or even after you're involved, once we take care of Mima and she gets stable, take a look around. What kind of Christmas tree is – what kind of decorations are inside the house? What kind of Christmas tree? Is it a real tree? Are they keeping it watered? Is it one of those trees where there's pine needles all around and they've got electric lights hanging over them? Um, you know, pay attention to how many cars are parked out front. Pay attention to the inside of the house. Do they've got air mattresses or futons already laid out, look like people have been sleeping in them? You know, that is going to change or should change your mindset – if you come to that house for a fire, if you see something that's really crazy, do they got, you know, I mean, do they've got extension cords all over their house in their front yard? That should change your mindset a little bit. And you're not going to know that if you just walk in, take care of me, put her in the ambulance and leave. You're not going to know those things. Take a look around real quick. Take the opportunity. Either stretch rope, stretch a hose line if they don't care or have a measuring wheel and measure out your stretches. Measure out your stretches from the bumper to the door and measure the length and width of the house. That should give you a really good idea how much hose you're going to need in, in these occupancies. Okay, so again, pay attention, especially this time of year. It's changes. It should change the way that we do business a little bit. And this is all without any sort of inclement weather. I can tell you we are blessed here in uh, Virginia right now. It's Thanksgiving Day as I record this podcast. And it's about 70 degrees outside. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. So, but I know in other parts of the country, you're already dealing with snow. You're already dealing with some ice and some rain, and you may not have the best weather conditions. 
that only increases the level of awareness and the level of difficulty delivering service that you can have during this time of year. I mean, think about it. If they're, these people that are going to go out to these stores or families traveling, a pandemic has not stopped them. You certainly don't think a couple inches of snow or ice is going to stop them. If that toy is something that their kids want, then they're going to go get it. Okay, they're going to go get it. So think about the increased level of traffic with inclement weather. If you don't know some alternative routes to get into these neighborhoods or to get into these shopping areas of your district, you're going to be delaying possibly life-saving service or care. Okay, it's it's not uh, it's not outside the realm of possibilities for a fire truck to even on a normal day to get stuck in traffic and someone passes away or someone doesn't get the care that they need because we can't get to them because we're married into going one specific way every single time that we go out the door. Okay, so that's a lot about what's going on in your district. Be aware of what's going on in your district, okay? Take, pay attention. Don't just go the same route of travel every freaking time that you go to the grocery store or you go anywhere. Make sure that you're paying attention when you go on these EMS runs. These, you know, I, again, nobody, I, I, you know, may, I, I don't I say nobody, but I get EMS runs aren't people's favorite things. So turn them into fire runs, okay? You want to keep people engaged. You want to keep people, you know, their heads on the, their heads in the right frame of mind. Turn these EMS calls into fire runs. Do something fire related on every EMS run. You'll have look 15, if you run 15 EMS calls a day and you talk about some sort of fire thing every time you go, especially this time of year, you'll have 15 different little training things throughout your 24-hour shift or throughout whatever your shift length is. That's powerful stuff, and it's real-world stuff. It's tangible. It's something you can grab right there, okay? If you go to that EMS run, talk about the forcible entry problem on the door, or maybe it's not even a problem to say, hey, look. There's two mortise locks and a rim lock on this door. If we had to force this door, here's how I think we should do it. What do you think, Johnny? Oh, well, I would take this thing and do that. Oh, okay. Man, we're just trained on it. We just talked about it. Or, hey, this is a simple rancher. Okay, this is how I'd want you to stretch the line through here. Oh, well, hey, look at all these things that are in our way. Maybe we should stretch this way and come around. Those, those are all discussions that you should talk about. Talk about your water supply. In fact, as you drive away, find your closest hydrant pull up to it, spin off the steamer, turn it on to make sure it works. I don't know about you. We have a pretty good water department in my county, but a lot of places don't. So when's the last time that that hydrant has had water flowed out of it? Do all these little things. All these little things can, can add up to make your fire ground operations super duper successful. And as we start to talk about the fire ground, we start to talk about that now even more than ever during the holiday season. Your initial on-scene size-up is critical. Your initial, All those other things that I talked about, all those things that you need to be paying attention to under non-emergency conditions, non-emergency topics, you need to be paying even more attention to if you actually show up for an actual structure fire or some sort of other kind of emergency at these things. I mean, think about it. When you pull up and there's six cars in a driveway or six, you know, cars are parked on all sides of the road. What do you think that's doing to your, your search priority? Search is important all the time, but at this time of year, when Family members are flying in from out of town and, you know, people are staying over at the houses. The kids aren't in school. Maybe they've got friends sleeping over. 
all of these things, especially, I mean, you know, right now my, my sister and her husband are, are, uh, they sold a house and they bought another house where so they're waiting. They're in between homes. They're waiting to move into their new house. They're living with my mom and dad. So that a house that had two people in it six weeks ago now has six people in it. I mean, that changes your search priority. That changes it big time. Every room in that house is completely occupied just about 24 hours a day. Every room in that house. And we've talked about this in the past. And, and, and if you follow any other type of things, you know, the time of day thing, we always talk about like, oh, well, if it's this time of day, uh, then, you know, maybe search isn't as much a priority. That stuff's all out the window these days, especially in 2020 during a pandemic. But even before that, even before that, you know, we have to make search our, our highest priority, our highest priority or, or, you know, life safety has always been our highest priority. But we've got to really be assigning enough people for search, especially this time of year and especially during 2020 where people are working from home. People are taking that shift workers. I, I can tell you as, as a shift worker, a firefighter, about one, two o'clock every day, I'm racked out in the bed somewhere or maybe on my couch. So if you're not searching my bedroom at one o'clock in the at one o'clock in the afternoon as the same way you're searching it at one o'clock in the morning, you're probably going to miss something. And that's even multiplied during this holiday season where people are traveling from out of town. People are coming in and out. Some people don't always do, especially with the shift workers, people don't always celebrate Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. They don't always celebrate Christmas on Christmas. I know in my family, we have three different Christmas celebrations. We have, I come from a really big family. We have three different Christmas celebrations. We have people traveling into our house or we're going to someone else's house all the time. So if there's a fire there, you're, you need to make sure you're searching and paying attention to these things long after Christmas. It may be a couple days, maybe a week after Christmas. Maybe they couldn't, maybe they couldn't celebrate until after the new year for Christmas. That's happened to us before with trying to accommodate my dad's fire department schedule, mine, my brother's, and my brother-in-law's. So don't just get lulled into a sense of security like, oh, man, thank goodness. Once, uh, once December 25th is over or once New Year's is over, we, you know, we don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. No, sometimes it extends even until the first two, three weeks of January. So you really need to put that emphasis on search. There's going to be more people in these homes especially on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day and New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, but even more so in between all that time. You don't know how long people are staying in for the holidays. You know, so you're going to find a rancher that maybe has three bedrooms with eight people in it, and you have to be ready for that. And that call comes from that initial size up. Again, too, with the decorations and all of these things, you've got – Santa Claus, 15 inflatable Santa Clauses in the front yard. You've got multiple uh, string of lights, any kind of lights that you can think of. People have things on the roof, all of these things. All of these things. We're going to have to operate around them. We're going to have to operate around all these different obstacles. And so I say that to say, when's the last time you drilled on stretching around obstacles. When's the last time you drilled on throwing a ladder or carrying a ladder around obstacles or throwing a ladder to the roof when there's Christmas lights all over it and decorations and wreaths on the on the windows and all of these things? 
when's the last time you did that? It's probably been a never or it's been a long time. So you can do a simple drill at the firehouse. As a matter of fact, last year, last Christmas Eve, I was working on, on duty as the officer of an engine company, and we had a fatal fire in our second due. And we had to stretch the second line. And not only did we have to walk through the yard that had uh, a little bit of snow on the ground and uh, some Christmas decorations, we had to get the line over a fence, a chain link fence. And I had a rookie with me who had never done that. He'd never had to stretch the line with that kind of barrier because what do we do? We typically stretch lines in our burn building or in a parking lot. We don't add the hard stuff. We don't add the obstacles in. So a really good engine company drill this time is, hey, if you wanted to, if, if all you've got is a parking lot, that's fine. Position your position your rig and make a door. Take two cones and set them up so it looks like a doorway, and then throw a ground ladder or you know a a park bench or whatever. It's just something that will get people in the mindset of having to stretch around obstacles. Something uh, I know to practice uh, stretching over that fence. We, I went out and found a one of the places that were under construction in our district was giving away plastic jersey barriers that you can fill water. You can fill them with water so they can be either really heavy um, or you can take the water out of them so you can move them around. So we started, we took what we learned from that fire and we started like, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to teach everybody how to stretch over these barriers. And so we set the barriers up, set these, these plastic jersey walls up, and that's what we used to practice stretching over a fence. You can get creative like that. I know at one firehouse, we just had an A-frame ladder. I laid the A-frame ladder down on its side. It's like, all right, now you got to stretch over this. And now you got to stretch around it. Now you got to get, you know, you still got to do all the things that we talk about, getting the nozzle and the first couple into the door, having it flaked out, but you've got to get it over this barrier. And different hose lines can react different to that. If you're doing a minute man, it may not be super hard. If you're doing a triple layer, that could affect how you stretch the line. If you're doing a flat load, you might have to convert it to minute man so that you can make it an easier stretch for you. But you won't know until you get out there and do it. And just stretching solely in the parking lot, like straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead, that doesn't get it done for you. You may have to work on some alternative stretches. Maybe the best thing that you can do is forego stretching the line from the rig and use your high-rise pack, take it to the landing and stretch it back. Or take your high-rise pack and or not even stretching a line up the stairs because they're so crowded and people are hoarding conditions. Maybe you have to do a rope stretch from a window. I don't know, but you won't know until you practice. And you won't know if you can even pull these things off unless you get out there and do them. And you're going to see these things. When's the last time you threw a ladder to the roof with all these holiday decorations? When's the last time you threw, you know, same thing with your ground ladders. You can set up some obstacles, make people go around them. You can use those same like barriers that I had. You can make like a narrow alleyway to throw the ladder in. You can go to your Dollar Tree and get a set of crappy lights and hang them from the roof of your firehouse and practice throwing the ladder. See if it makes them slip, like when you hang them off the gutter. See if it makes the beams of the ladder slip off. See if it if it affects anything. You know, you can go get some some crappy inflatables, set them up in your firehouse yard, and practice stretching around them. You can get creative. You don't need you don't need to get anything super duper sexy or fancy. All it takes is a little bit of imagination and to use something to get that point across, and use something to get that skill that you can take 
from there and translate it to those other things that you're going to apply it to. So especially though too, and people look at me like when I'm abs- people look at me like I'm crazy when I say this. People look at me when I go absolutely crazy. If you are in an area where it snows, when's the last time you got out and stretched lines in the snow? Are you saying it's not different? Because I can assure you that it is. Stretching a line in the snow, even a little bit or a little bit of ice, man, it is. it, it can change the game. It can change it. Throwing a ladder to a roof, or especially with a gutter that's got icicles on it or snow, that really changes the game. I mean, really changes the game. And if you haven't practiced with that, if you haven't drilled that, man, so whenever it snows, I'm a big like, hey, let's go pull a hose line. People are like, what? You're insane. Like, no, man, like you got to know if you can do this. When's the last time you practiced it? It doesn't snow. It snows here in Virginia, but it doesn't snow often. We don't get the type of snow that they get in the Midwest or in the Northeast. So, Man, it's a rare, it's a it might be a rare day. You might have never stretched a hose line in the snow before. So you need to know your capabilities. You need to know to be able to do that. You need to be you need to know how the snow and the how the cold weather makes that hose line react. Okay? These are all things that, you know, you need to be cognizant of all the time, but even more so during this holiday season, during this winter season. I'm telling you, if you've never done it, you need to go out there and do these things. You need to go out there. You need to ride around your district. You need to practice for the difficulties that you're going to see. You need to go and maybe you take your firehouse and you stack your mattresses up in your bunk room and you just practice a search. You don't even need your bunker gear, right? You don't even need your bunker gear. Just go through the motions. You and your officer of like, okay, hey, this is a hoarding condition. This is how we're going to search it. Let's walk through it. Let's hey, here's our thermal imaging camera. Let's do this. Let's let's utilize this. Let's let's work out our lingo. You know, the NFL teams, a lot of NFL teams, they have these things called walkthroughs, right? Where they get out there, they don't even have their pads and their helmets on, but they run the play, they walk through the play to make sure everybody's steps are in the appropriate way. We can do that in the fire service. Everybody thinks that training and effective training has to be this this beat the shit out of you mentality where we go and we drill for 15 hours straight and you come out of there. You don't know what the hell you learn, but you're tired as hell. There's a place for that, but there's also a place for the building block mentality and the, the, the crawl, walk, run mentality. You can go to your firehouse, stack your bunk room up in a certain way, and then you and your, fi- you and your officer or the other firefighters on your shift can walk through it like, okay, hey, if I encounter this that I'm going to look here, I'm going to look to here, I'm going to take over this, I'm going to communicate this to you. Practice, even bring your radio out, get on a talk around channel so you can practice your radio traffic. All of those things, they don't have to be anything hard. You can get great, great training over doing some of the simple, simple stuff. And so to kind of wrap it up, the holiday season can be challenging from a multitude of different things. We need to make sure as professional firefighters, as professional firefighters, and I use that term professional even if you're a volunteer, okay? You are here providing a service. We are a professional entity, okay? A professional entity. Volunteer career does not matter. We're doing the job. You need to be prepared to do the job, especially this time of year where we're have, we have things that are already playing against us. Sometimes the weather, the amount of people in the houses, the obstacles we face, uh, stretching lines in these front yards, you know, the amount of people in our shopping malls, the amount of people that can just get pushed into our, our, our response areas. 
you know, your population during the normal time of year is this, but when it becomes, when the holiday season comes, it increases sometimes hour by hour. Okay. So don't, uh, don't sleep on your laurels. I know, you know, it's, 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 it's the holiday season. People can get, especially me too. I can get lazy because I'd rather be home hanging out with my family, man. I'd rather be home, uh, you know, watching a Christmas story or, you know, or something like that. And, and, and being away from the firehouse some, but that's when bad things happen. When you let your guard down, and you're not practicing enough and you're not training enough and you kind of start putting it into neutral and saying, I will get back to it. We'll get back to the daily stretch and we'll get back to it after January, the, after January the 1st. When in reality, you can have that Christmas Eve fire like I had last year. Uh, and you could you could have a fatality you know, you're, you're rolling up on, on Christmas Eve with smoke coming out the door and pulling a body out of a fire. Okay. I don't say that to scare you. I say that because it's real, because guess what? That's what I wanted my Christmas Eve to be last year. I was at work. I wanted to go to bed early so that I could be up bright and early to go spend Christmas with my family. And instead I spent, uh, my Christmas morning, my Christmas morning, which, you know, of course started at midnight. I spent my Christmas morning, uh, changing a bottle under a tree in a front yard. And, uh, you know, waiting for the fire investigator to come investigate this fire and met a challenging scenario uh, when we arrived at that scene. So don't let your guard down. Don't let any of this stuff, you know, overwhelm you, but attack it a little bit at a time. Train your people and you'll be ready for when that holiday fire happens. You'll be ready for when the inevitable Christmas tree fire or turkey fryer fire or oven fire that extends past the cabinets, all of those things. It's going to happen, guys. Cooking fires are one of the number one fires in the country, and they're going, and they're only increase this time of year, especially when people try to fry a turkey or cook a turkey that have no idea what they're doing, have never had to cook uh, you know, extravagant meals before, uh, especially the turkey frying thing. If you haven't drilled on that, if you haven't drilled or seen a video on the turkey fryer, what happens when you put a frozen turkey or don't test the amount of oil you have in it, all that stuff, and the oil gets on the heat and element, man, you, get on YouTube and just look at it and talk to your shift about how you're going to handle that fire that extends to the deck, how you're going to handle that. Are you going to be able to stretch that line all the way to the rear over a, a, a chain link fence or, or through the, the or through uh, the cavalcade and the myriad of deck, holiday decorations that are littering the front yard that you're going to? Make sure you're prepared for that stuff, guys and gals. Make sure that you're paying attention. Make sure you're riding around your district. And make sure that you guys are having a happy holiday season. I couldn't do what I do without the great, great, great companies that support me. And especially in this holiday season, if you're looking for some things for the firefighter in your life, I ask that you help out the companies that help me out because I only partner with companies that I believe in. I only partner with companies of the products that I use. And I can tell you that if I'm telling you they're a good company, then it's something that I have used myself over and over and over again. And I believe in that product. I tell people all the time, I'm not putting your product on this podcast unless you send it to me and I use it and determine whether I like it or not. Because if I don't like it, I'll send it back to you. If I don't like, I'm not going to give you a bad review. I'm just not going to put you, I'm just not going to put my name on your product. And so these companies allow me 
to continue to bring you the podcast and they allow me to stay at the forefront of the fire service. And so I want to, I want you to support them like they support me. The first is Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the brand new MK1 Ultra Fire Glove. They also have the MK1s, they have the Squad 1s, but now they have the brand new MK1 Ultra. I think these things are great. I've got a pair of them now. Haven't caught a fire with them yet, but we've done lots of fire training. They're even better than the original MK1s in my opinion. They're going to be more durable. They're ready for use. MK1 Ultra Fire Gloves, Vanguard Safety Wear. You can get them at VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com. Vanguard Safety Wear, made for work. The next is Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts and a whole host of other things. Specifically, they started out as making those helmet fronts, but now they make pump, they make metal pump cards, they make playing cards, they make name tags, gear locker tags. They even have metal passports that you can use. So if you have to change units and they make you change your passport in the uh, in the thing, they have metal passports. The things that Taylor's Tins are doing are outstanding. And you're going to get a Taylor's 10 and it's going to last you forever. I wear one on my helmet every day. I wear one on my helmet every day. It's been in fires. It's been dropped. It's been beat, banged, and it still looks almost brand new. So go to taylorstins.com to order your Taylor's 10. And it's not going to be just this plug and play type thing. Taylor's going to get with you. He's going to get you some custom artwork and allow you to design the shield of your dreams, and it's going to be great. So go to taylorstins.com. Stop burning up leather fronts and start wearing Taylor's Tins. The next is the Burn Box. The Burn Box is a firefighter subscription box trying to bring you the best firefighter-owned company apparel. They, uh, I, I got my Burn Box, and I tell you what, it was awesome. I had a, It gave me a T-shirt and a firefighter swipe tool, a, a, a metal wedge, a belt buckle, all sorts of great, great things. Some firefighter wipes, all of those things. Every month is a different theme for the burn box, the firefighter burn box. So you can go to theburnbox.com to subscribe today, and they'll send you something every month. It's going to be a different theme. I believe last month was extrication, or November, rather, was extrication. I don't know what next month's going to be, but I guarantee it's going to be great. Burnbox.com, the firefighter burns the firefighter subscription box. Next, idlhtechnology.com and tacticalworksheet.com. A good buddy, Andy Powell, I got involved with him. I uh, I bought his IDLH command board and loved it and reached out to him. And man, he sent me some other little command board mini stuff. And I really, especially with what my job is now. Um, for those that don't know, I'm moving to a chief's aid position. And so for what, for what I'm doing now, having, having command boards that I can carry in my pocket that'll allow me to keep accountability of units when I have to ride forward, uh, when I have to ride up as a battalion, when I have to go in as a division supervisor, when I have to work around the backside as, as, as uh, backside safety, all of these things. This stuff from IDLH Technology and TacticalWorksheet.com are outstanding. Uh, their IDLH command board, their IDLH command board mini, the PIO tactical worksheet, all these things. That they're portable, they're great quality, and they're just some of the best stuff. And I can tell you the way they're laid out is the way that my brain works when I think about accountability in the fire service and fire ground operations. So go to IDLHtechnology.com or tacticalworksheet.com and tell Andy that you heard about it on the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. And lastly... One of the ones that's most near and dear to my heart, 
the Fireground Commander Conference. Coming back to Henrico County, Virginia, March 22nd through the 24th, 2001, uh, 2021, excuse me. It's going to be our greatest year ever putting on this, this conference. Um, my good buddy Ben Martin is the creator of the Fireground Commander Conference. He was gracious enough to allow me to assist him these last couple years, and we're ready to bring back the biggest year ever. Ten speakers over three days. Ten speakers over three days. Some of the guys like Eric Wheaton from Vin Inner Search, Ryan Pennington from Views from the Jump Seat talking about hoarder fires, uh, Mark Von Appen is going to be opening up the conference, and just a whole host of other people. You do not want to miss it. Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com and click on the Fireground Commander tab. That'll tell you how to, how to register. Right now, all the early bird registrations are gone. $99 registrations are gone, but you can still sign up for one of the cheapest rates in the country for one of the best values in the country. Ten speakers, lunch provided all three days, and snacks and drinks throughout the entire conference every day that you're there. We're going to have some good swag. Um, we're going to have, you know, it's going to be a great time. We already have over 150 people signed up for the conference. We will sell this thing out at about 300 spots. Okay, especially we don't know what restrictions that they're going to put on us if the pandemic is still going on. But our our maximum in that theater is right around 300. We maybe can do some things and move some stuff around to allow others maybe standing room. But do not wait. You want to buy something for the firefighter in your life? You want to invest in their career? Sign them up for the Fireground Commander Conference in Rico County, Virginia, Henrico Theater, March 22nd through the 24th, 2021. Fireground Commander Conference, winning on the fireground. And lastly, you know what we do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the gym working on your physical fitness, being in shape for the job that we swore to do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the library, learning something about our profession, reading articles, fire engineering, firehouse, watching YouTube videos, reading a fire book, hydraulics, throwing ladders, search, anything, educating yourself about our profession. And make sure you're spending one hour doing some sort of hands-on training, putting your hands on the tools or the skills that we need to do our job. It doesn't always have to be sexy. You can do a firefighter walkthrough and gain some valuable, valuable skills that you can apply in your fire service career. You do that, you'll become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I'll guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Have a great holiday season. Stay safe, but stay aggressive. I'm out.